Okay, now, ordinarily what we would be doing is just starting the podcast right here with some bumper music. But uh, Susan <laughs> is running around this beautiful hotel suite uh, checking out the accoutrement like she's at Restoration Hardware. It's so, John Wayne suite. It's John. We are actually in the John Wayne suite. And uh, it's actually very nice. I'm here with Joe Spieldenner. He plays Grand Terre in the show. And, uh, uh, you know, I've known Joe. Uh, what he, he, was, he was an original in the, in the company. Shut up! We're, we're going. We're going. Okay. We're going to start the bumper music now. We're switching up the bumper music, and we're going to have some fun. So uh, hold on tight. Yeah. Behind the Barricade with Andrew Varela, episode 7. We're hanging out here with Joe Spieldenner. He's going to be joining us in a minute. Uh, he plays Grantaire in the show. I say he's joining us in a minute, but he's actually sitting a, well, he's, he's sitting a foot and a half from us. But it's important to set up in these things because I know a lot about it. It's important to set up a lot of, uh, a lot of atmosphere. So I'm going to go ahead and say we're, we're here in San Antonio, Denver. the home of – we're not in Denver. We're in San Antonio, Texas, and we're having a great time. We, uh, this is the, the home of the Alamo, the Alamo. I always wonder if uh, all the guys who died at the Alamo, if they would be cool that knowing they died across the street from a Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. <laughs> that always struck me as sort of ironic. It's like, let's fight for the future. Oh, look, that subway. Okay, that's cool. I, I'd like to die near a, a, a Taco Bell or an Outback. I think that's... That's how I'd like to do it. But the city's kind of cool. They have a river walk, and, and we actually have had a, a great time at a Mexican restaurant that's down on the river walk. We met a guy there named Cipriano who runs that, but he also runs the B&B Smokehouse, which actually has some really great barbecue that Susan and I enjoyed today. B&B Smokehouse, not as good as Pizza Queen, but certainly <laughs> quite enjoyable. Now, I'm going to bring Joe Spieldenner into uh, this podcast. Joe, how are you? I'm great. Joe that's right. Joe Spieldinner plays Grand Terre in the show, the uh, the loathsome alcoholic. Um, and, um, Is that what it says in the program? Yeah, no. loathsome alcoholic. So, uh, you know what? He, he also plays, uh, he also, actually, Joe is actually turning out to be the... Um, the uh, jack of all trades in the cast because he is he has picked he also plays uh, Bama de Bois, which is a role that I think is really cool and I'd like to try it once. Uh, he plays, <laughs> let, him, let him explain who that is though, because a lot of people might not know who that is. I, I actually cover Bama de Bois. That's... Ba- yeah, yeah, Bama de Bois. Yeah, I always thought it was Bamba de Bois, but it's Bama de Bois. It, there's actually quite the disparity on on how to pronounce it. We some of us say Bama de Bois. Really, the Brits say Bama de Bois. It's a British American thing. The Brits thing. say that. Yeah. I and think most that's people where you say Bam Bam. Bam Bam. We call that's it what we call it back. So the shorthand is Bam Bam in the show. And Wait, Mitch, Mitch calls it the Bamatabois for the some reason. The like, <laughs> like the Batman. He's like, Joe's going like to play the bishop. Joe's going to play the foreman. Joe's going to play the Bamatabois. Yeah, so, 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 okay, so go ahead. So you're, so you're Grand Terre ordinarily. That's my what, main track. That's your main track. And what other, what specialties do you pick up, uh, you know, when you, when you need to? I'm a cover for Bamatabois, for the foreman, and for the bishop. 
Uh, all three are are fun in their own way. Baron de Bois, the foreman, and the bishop. <laughs> I just thought I wasn't paying just attention for a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, uh, so so okay. So let's let's go ahead and and let's let's talk about the show for a, for a good long while here. Um, uh, what is what? So tell me your your experience with Les Mis growing up. Did you listen to it as a kid? Did you uh, have the LP like <laughs> some of us? No, I'm old enough that uh, it was it was still playing on Broadway when I went to New York for the first time. What year was that? 1994. It was still 1994. On... You saw it. When did I get in? 1990. I did the show in 1997. Uh, so you missed me. I'm sorry. So, um, <laughs> um, so, so close. And how how did that work I out? I think I caught Terry Mann and Leia Salonga. I think I, oh, I got a, really? a bunch of the the original mm-hmm. folks. That's pretty cool. When I saw. Um, I was I think a sophomore in high school. My my uncle paid for me to come on a class trip up, and it was the first show I ever saw. Oh, the fr- your first Broadway show? Uh huh. It was my first Broadway show too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of funny. But it like I I died like it it told me that I wanted to do this for a living. Oh like, really? Yeah. Les Mis did that? Yeah. And now here you're doing the show. Yeah. What do you what, t- tell me about uh, when you got when you got cast the 25th anniversary? Uh, production. It blew my mind. I, I actually was doing another show. I was doing Children of Eden in Astoria. That's a good show. I That's a good that. show. I loved that. I was actually doing it with two of the cast members that are in the cast. It was. Who uh, were you doing it with? Who? Alan Shaw. I was uh, Adam Noah, and Alan Shaw was Kane Japheth, and then actually James Zanelli, who was a replacement on this tour. Um, was he now plays the the bishop. bishop. Yeah. yeah, I'm his cover. He uh, did. He he was God. And so the three of us were in that, and Chastin Harmon was our assistant choreographer. What? <laughs> wow! So they just—it so so was they, a family affair. They must have had an inn or something. Like That's nice. So when you when you came in for this show, <laughs> listen, I'm new to this. There I'm was, just, there I'm was just... no inn. <laughs> we all went to an open call. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that it was integral in us in us being cast because we were having one of those romantic experiences that I had then again with uh, with Les Mis that just made me love what I was doing and made me like love my life and Mm -hmm. I was working my butt off. I had uh, work during the day and then I uh, had to go directly to rehearsal. I'd get home and and be there uh, for (laughs) for like uh, half an hour before I had to go to bed and then get up and do it all over again. I did that for six weeks but it was one of those like almost summer stock experiences where yeah. you're just loving what you're doing so much yeah you, so, you're, you're having too much fun to, to realize to realize that you're living in poverty <laughs> <laughs> oh my god ramen noodles are awesome it's awesome yeah. I, made, I think I made $200 for all six weeks of work um, oh nice <laughs> doing good, that good Astoria 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 Performing Arts Center it's actually a, a fantastic place to work when give you're, a shout out Astoria Performing Arts Center not a bad place to work it's kids. fantastic if you like ramen <laughs> Everybody there was just so top notch, and I just I was like I said I was loving my life. So when I started having the Les Mis auditions, I would come in and I was just having a good time. And our director Lawrence Connor is definitely one of those good time auditioners. Like he just wants you to relax. He wants you to be yourself. He's an actor. He's an actor. Yeah, he's an actor. He probably has had something to drink before the thing. I don't know. He's Irish. It's like, you know, they, instead of coffee, I think. I don't know. But they, they hit that. The stakes were not as high as they normally are when you go to an audition and you want to kill yourself afterward. Like, it was just like, you know, I'm having a lot of fun singing my favorite show in the whole world and having a blast, like, having him draw new things out of me and... and uh, Actually, this process was the the strangest, longest process I've ever had. I had five auditions. Uh, my you last had five auditions for Grantaire. Yeah. Jeez. Well, it started as Foreman, and then it was Foreman Grantaire, and then it was Grantaire Bemadabois, and then it was uh, 
my it was always Javert along with it, which I I cover Javert as well. I'm, you oh I'm, you know you cover me. Uh, that's who you cover. Oh, really, Rubarella, right? I play. That's what it you says. Did in the, you did a good job. The program it, it says understudy: Bamatabov, Foreman, Bishop, Andrew Varela. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <laughs> damn right. Say that's a hell of a good place to be. <laughs> and then my last call, they back on track. <laughs> Thank you. You're my last good. call, they uh, they asked for Tenardier, and I was like, uh, I I don't I'm I don't understand that one, but I I did it. Uh, so it was insane, and it was five calls. I came in the last day. I was I think the only guy. It was after the guy call. Um, I was in there with uh, all of the girls on their their. You auditioned with the women. What do you think that says? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Were you, were, it means versatility like, is what everything. it means. You know what? Maybe he can be Ebony. I'm just saying. Just love, Lawrence. Just love it for ten minutes. I swear it's going to be wonderful. Gender blind casting. Gender blind casting. <laughs> what? And then let me ask you. What was it like when you got the call that you booked it? Because um, that's that's kind of a singular moment. That's kind of a singular moment for an actor. It's like when the phone rings, because you're always waiting for the phone to ring, and if you recognize the caller ID and it's your agent or, or whoever cast it, or you right. don't recognize it, you pick it up and they say, listen, we'd love to have you join the cast of blank. What would you, what, what, was, what was your, tell me that story. This is a good question. I'm going to ask this question of everybody. Where were you when you, when you heard you booked the show? Well, it came in, in waves, though, because uh, I had gotten... Mary Sugarman was... She's the... Mary uh, Sugarman of Tara Rubin Casting? Right. She had been kind of the contact, and she kept, uh, through Caitlin Shaw, her assistant, kept, like, sending... Caitlin Shaw of Tara Rubin Casting? Correct. Okay. Sending words of encouragement and uh, helpful tips and things like that, like, ways... And I knew that they liked me a lot, uh... She kept bringing me in for other shows while they were doing this casting, which told me that I that they were they were having a good time with me. But it was one of those things that you went in the last time, and uh, Tara was in the room. And when I finished singing, and they kind of conferred for a second, she started smiling and nodding her head a lot. Uh. And, I, and I was like, I got this. I know I got this. Nailed it. That's a great. You know what? Oh, and, and thank you, Tara Rubin from Tara Rubin Casting, because you know what? That is. That's that's mother's milk to an actor that's who's going the through the who's going the through the rotten ass <laughs> experience of of auditioning. So I kind of knew leaving the room, which was wonderful. You know what? You didn't you did not know leaving the room because we've all left rooms when somebody's like, "Yeah, you booked it, man. You nailed it," yeah. and then you don't get the call right, because right. something some other reason. But like so. I said, I was I was loving my life at the time. I was going yeah. to my other show after my that's audition. Sweet. So I I loved it. It was just like everything was positive at that time for me. That's fantastic! What a great thing. You know, you also said some of the some of the other jobs you've had because you've been working a lot. You are from. Let's go ahead and do this. <laughs> you are from the backwoods of some place, right? <laughs> it's Maine. You're, oh, you're from Maine? Yeah, That's but not, it's not other backwoods oh, of Maine. It's what Maine is back? only backwoods. Okay, I don't know. Maine is like Kennebunkport and where the bushes hang out, and then Maine is the back. only state I have never set foot in. That's actually not true, but it's <laughs> it's one of it's it's, it's actually it's like twenty four. Ago, he went. I've never been to New Mexico, and now he's sitting here going. Yeah, no, I've never been to New Mexico and Maine. There you go. I, I think I've hit every other state, just a little bit at least. Alaska. Oh, I haven't been to Alaska. Don't throw that at me. Alaska's Alaska. the only one I've missed. 
Oh, have but I've been gotten in, have everywhere you ever else. Yeah. What, what, what are some sort of interesting things that have happened in, in your career as you're progressing along? Because we all have, as actors, we all have very interesting experiences coming up because there's always a, a crazy job here. You know, that dinner theater gig where you were pulled on at the last second or the, 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 the oh, help me summer stock job that has a whole, you know, weird thing going on. What is, what is yours? What is, what, what's a fun story about doing? Because there's a lot of aspiring actors that listen to this. And what would you... What, I'm a little older, and I actually did all of those things. Oh. I did... Uh, yeah, I'm not as old as you, but I am... Wow. Uh, but I'm also That's understudying fine. you, That's so fine. clearly when I grow up, I'll oh, play Andrew Barella. Yeah. Um, you can but, try. <laughs> but I did all of them. I did Summerstock for four years, which is where I actually met Ricky Todd uh, Adams. Ricky Todd Adams, who, who, who sang the Pizza Queen uh, <laughs> thing in uh, episode five. We met ten years ago when he was playing Jekyll and Hyde in uh, at the Seaside Music Theater in Daytona Beach, Florida, and I played the matinee Jekyll and Hyde. Well, how was uh, that? I had a blast. But how was, was that role? How was, was that role? It's is, is it brutal? Yeah, is it exhausting? I, I had two rehearsals before I had to go on because because <laughs> Ricky needed so much rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Todd of Pizza Queen fame. All right. <laughs> no, but uh, you went on with two rehearsals as yeah. Jekyll. Yeah, I had a, a rehearsal in the in the hall, and then I had the rehearsal. <laughs> I had the rehearsal. <laughs> Sorry, he's making me laugh. It's, it's not fine. my fault. We keep going. We have, we, have a peanut, we have a peanut gallery today. It's only because, really, no reason at all. Go ahead. We're in the John Wayne suite. We are in the John Wayne suite in this hotel. But uh, so he, we had so many, you know, so many elements to that, and uh, so I rehearsed one time in the in the rehearsal hall when I was in costume and everyone else wasn't, and then I had one full run when I was in costume and nobody else was right before I went on, and I did it. The Wednesdays and the Saturday matinees for six weeks, five weeks. Oh, that's weeks. a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. How'd the, it go? Everything okay? Yeah, I mean... It, it, it always, I always figured that that would really be a painful experience because vocally, it's just... It's hard to sing impossible. stuff. It's I lost impossible. my voice every single time I did the, the show. Yeah. But luckily, I hadn't from Wednesday till... Yeah, right. <laughs> till well, Saturday that's the way you to want to do it. it. Like, like with Valjean, with the, with the covers that they have going on, the, the, the once-a-week covers that they have going on, you need to, you need to get your stamina going there for because sure. it's... It's not for the faint of heart. And I was younger. I was 25 when I did it. So it was uh, So it was definitely... I would like to play it again one day now that I know how to sing it and I yeah. know how to pace myself. And I know. And you have the hair things. for it. Your hair is actually pretty long. <laughs> is this the longest your hair has ever been? Ever been. I, it actually, In your life? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it doesn't have to be this long for the show necessarily. Oh, he's... Okay, he pulled his hair out of his scrunchie <laughs> and now he's... Uh, this is not a scrunchie. It's scrunchie <laughs> enough. It's something I wouldn't wear in my hair. It's a scrunchie. You, you have great hair. You have great, actually, hair. you know what? When I was coming up, the, when I was coming up in the world, uh, everybody had hair like you have right now. It was it was absurd. Hair. But the problem is, my hair is I have I have what uh, Latinos call pino uh, 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 pelo chino, which means Chinese hair, because my hair is very Straight. coarse and very thick. Oh. So when it grows out, the sides become huge like an emperor penguin. So I've never had long hair because it looks horrible for way too long to get to that point. Just be glad that hair, it's not pelo nada. Bellona. <laughs> well done. And and uh, along along the lines of that, going into that, we are going to go. It is time for ten questions from Javert. It's already time. Yeah, you're doing good. See, it Goodness just fly, it flies. By. I'm that good. I'm that good. We're going to start with this, Josephine Leonard. What is your middle name? Edmund. <laughs> What's funny about that? Nothing! That's why! <laughs> Who has that name? It's E-D-M-U-N-D. It's yeah, my grandfather. Sure. Well, he, I'm sure he was a lovely guy. 
He's in Maine. Did you ever say uh, he's yeah? not from Maine? I always do. Uh, yeah. Do you feel a special kinship to Stephen King when you read his books and you know all I've those people? I've run into Stephen King in the grocery store in Bangor, and with Maine. Your, with your with your minivan. <laughs> minivan. He got hit by we a had, minivan oh. some years ago. Well, I had we had a fourteen seater van in my family. How many people are in your family? I have seventeen siblings. What is? Stop it! You guys know that. I don't know. That. <laughs> your poor mother. Step. Some step siblings in there, or the seventeen uh, there births. Are four that are that are half. My mom gave birth to fourteen of us. Fourteen? Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's like a thugger. Have I God, met? Have I met your mom? Her. Yeah. You no. She came. Uh, that seems like a lot. She came when we were at the Kennedy Center, and I was on for you. So that you seems like there. a lot. Is she okay? Does she feel okay? Because you've seen like those dogs that they breed a lot, and they're Oof. just they're just no. I'm just saying, it's a lot of children. It's a lot. That's a lot of children. That's I've met a lot your of lovely, children. beautiful mother. No, my my mother had four. That she's a piker compared to your mom. <laughs> your mom can look at my mom and laugh at her. I'll tell you that right now. You can have them call her up. That's a lot. Fourteen's a lot. I figure after six, pff, what's what's that? It's like a bunion, you know. It's just like just like <laughs> another reason you got to stay in that night. <laughs> we lived okay. on a farm in Maine. We never we didn't go what far did into farm? it. What did you farm? Did it, you ever farm anything? It wasn't production. It was just subsistence. We had uh, you had you lived on a subsistence farm? Yeah, my dad was kind of a hippie, and he that's why he moved to Maine in the first place. So we lived off what the land mostly. What would you subsist on? Yams? What would you? What, we did had, you have to eat meat. Do you we have had protein? like five gardens. We had horses and cows and did goats you eat the and horses? sheep. Yeah. Did you eat? Did you ever we kill? Had, Anything to we eat had it? tons of. Good what did you kill? What I've never mean? killed. What did you kill? You're I've excited never killed... about killing something. No, I'm not. But I honestly, I often wonder if that I would survive. I watch like Lost or some of those things. And I think I'm, I'll die. I'll just kill myself because no. I can't kill anything. Yes, I, you I, could. I'd be like a vegan on a on an island. I'd get sick of coconut. Well, I, I cried when we'd have because we um we had over a hundred rabbits in one of our barns, and that was like. We would sell rabbits for food or for pets, like food or pets. Rabbits was a sign on our. On could our, you tell early on a rabbit that was good for pets and good for food? Did you ever look at a rabbit and be like, "I don't eat think you. we distinguished." Really? No, you can't tell. No, we had one uh, old rabbit. I think we called him Lucky or something. <laughs> <laughs> you bet your ass. He was. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Who, who was definitely? What's uh, an old rabbit? Uh, I, he fourteen months. Most of my childhood. Like, oh really? Yeah, he was around for a long time. I, like, if I had to guess, I would say almost ten years. But I don't know how how long rabbits actually live. That's so, a hell of a rabbit. Um, I wouldn't know. But he was probably the the father of nine percent of our offspring. That we had. How many? What was the maximum number of rabbits you ever had at one time? We never counted completely. But, but they were they be, like were they like vermin? Were they just everywhere in the barn? We had them. You had rabbit. You had a, a rabbit barn. Yeah. Why? You like went up these stairs and slid open a locked door, and there were hundreds of rabbits. And doing I had to what? Feed them. I actually had this unfortunate experience. What do you think they were doing? Okay, that's fine. They're rabbits. You're right. <clears throat> um, I had this experience when I was little, when it was my job to feed them, where I accidentally gave them chicken feed instead of rabbit feed. What happens? And wings. Like one is like light brown, and the other is dark brown. So I did, didn't even think about it. They they puff up like a seagull in an alka seltzer. They all their stomachs expand and they all died. Really? How did you I, I kill? Killed, no! I killed twenty something rabbits. What a nightmare! Did you eat them quickly? You must have had a feast that no, night. Oh, I sat. And that I must cried. have been Thanksgiving. And then my wonderful brother buried them all for me because you I was buried in the food rabbits. Why wouldn't you just eat them? Because they died. You can't eat things after. That's how you would die huh? as a person on a desert island. Because once something's dead, it starts to have diseases and things that you can't ingest. You have oh, to eat I it see. within like you gotta, twenty-four hours. You gotta hours. kill it to eat it. Yeah, right. Right. Um, but I used so to cry. Suggesting that you could microwave them and still. You could microwave them, and they get softer then. They get softer then. Yeah, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And they deal. explode. But I used to cry when they when they would do a, a rabbit. How would you slaughter. how would you kill how would you kill a rabbit? It's it's 
You, I saw in the Michael Moore movie a woman hit one with a baseball bat. That's kind of what you do. You club it. You you Did grab you ever club a rabbit. I had to. How was that? It's, it makes you cry. I don't makes, know. Did I'm, you, how I'm many? A, how I'm many did you do? Soul. You are a gentle soul. How many did you do? I only killed once, one time. Okay. But uh, my and but I killed chickens. We, like we lived on a farm. You killed like, a chicken. Yeah. You had. You chop its head off. Uh huh. And then you, it runs and, around. And uh, Susan and I, we were in my love Providence, and we went into a live chicken, a, a, a live a chicken, a live bird, poultry. It was a butcher, butcher shop. shop that, ah. had, that had live. It's a butcher shop that had live poultry, and we went in the back like in Harlem, and it, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. They had just killed. They the had just killed some and things, and they were like struggling and doing whatever. And it was. It was just well, a, as nightmare. a kid on a farm, though. Like I the, get it. Them I get jumping it. around was like. Incredible because they ran with direction as though they had like they didn't just bump into things. Where would they go? They run for the car. Where would they go? Their their legs would go, but they'd go up and down the hill without running into the fences. Like they would really you know, like. Did you ever try to like chop a head off and then put it in the maze and see if it could figure it out? You didn't. No. You'd you'd have been awesome if wah, you had. <laughs> Seriously, like what are you supposed to do? Just memory or something like that? How would they know to run? In a certain direction. I have how no far? Idea. Would, how far does a, a, a decapitated chicken run? It it goes for like five minutes. It, it's a what? long time. I would be horrified. It's it's <laughs> terrifying. They do spurt blood out of the top of their. Oh mouth. my god! <laughs> really? <laughs> but I'm not like some. I mean, I grew You're up not. a I farm know, boy. Dude, the I'm, farm. The point is, is that if I lived on a farm, I, you know, I delivered a calf mm, recently. I know. Yeah. I saw pictures. Yeah, I have video. Uh-huh. I'll post it sometime. But but the uh, when you when you when you look at it, the, the farm can be a, can be a hard place. A hard, uh, you know, you have to like get rid of some of the niceties yeah. when you deal with that, especially if you're subsistence farming. Well, we had farming. we had pet pet animals, and then we had things we knew we were going to eat. What pets did you have? Uh, we had horses and ponies, and they were, like whenever something would distinguish itself in a way that was endearing, there was a, a goat that was kind of a, a jerk, and he used to run at us and charge us every time we came to the pen. And my dad grabbed him once and popped his horn off, so he had one horn. How do you pop a horn off? You just he, pull it? He went for my dad, and he held onto his horn, and he yanked it. I mean, it's just it's keratin. It's yeah, like yeah, fingernail. It's just, yeah, just think. Uh, but it, it just popped off in his hand, and uh, that goat kind of became like, a mascot of the farm. You told, and you told your friends you had a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the. That well done, sir. Let's well go done. to the field dinner's farm. We got a unicorn up in there. Uh, yep. Okay, listen. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go back to 10 questions here. Yes. What's the last song you listened to on your iPod? Uh, hard to say. Um, Look on your phone right now. Do you, do you use your phone as an iPod? Yeah, I was listening to the Doors album at the gym today. The Doors? So Strange Days, the best of the Doors, was what I was listening wow. to at you the lift, gym. You listen to the Doors? That's kind of low energy. Uh, I usually listen to uh, Echo Echo. The Boxer is the first song, and that kicks my butt at the gym. But nice. I, I just wanted to listen to something different. I dig it. But I would I, I would say most most played. Yeah. Jason Forbach's album. Oh, <laughs> wonderful! Jason For Jason Forbach, who's in the show. He's a, he's an incredible singer. It's uh, it's really amazing. Uh, okay, uh, going back to the questions. What has been your favorite city so far on tour? Washington D.C. Really? Yeah. Wow. I love it. Wow. Okay, now for the record, you were the first person that didn't say Fayetteville, Arkansas. I was on vacation in Fayetteville. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, went home. Suck. I thought, who wants to be in Fayetteville? Dude, and I went home. Uh, I'll tell you what. Loved it. Fayetteville. I thought, but it was fantastic. 
The funnest 1,200-seat theater you're ever going to play in. It was uh, nice. Yeah. But I, a lot of people I know on tour uh, had been to Fayetteville and thought it was uh, different tours, thought it was a hellhole. And the reason I think that this company loved it is because it was spring, and it was the first time we had been in warmth for a long time. So everybody went out in their shorts for the first time and rented bikes and went out on the town and went through the nature trails. And so it blew right. up for our company in you ways. You hate Fayetteville. It That's hadn't. what I'm hearing now. You I want to it. hate it. You don't believe in it. You I don't need believe to it. hate it, it because otherwise I miss the best this city. Was, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, okay. Uh, but DC was playing the Kennedy Center. It was like oh, yeah. culture and beauty. That's and we again, we had beautiful weather, and it was autumn, and the leaves were changing. And uh, I got to play Javert at the Kennedy Center, and my mom and dad came. Where was I? Uh, Oscar's niece's wedding. Oh, niece. Oh, my niece's wedding. That's right. Yes. Congrats. It was a wonderful... I heard you did very well. <laughs> um, but my mom came and my dad and uh, a couple of my siblings. Was that the first time they... Well, obviously they'd seen you perform before, but this was was this the biggest thing they'd seen you do? Yeah. I, I came to Portland with uh, South Pacific about 10 years ago, the tour of South Pacific. And uh, all of them came to Portland to see me do that, which is a bigger role than... Portland, Maine. Yeah. That screws me up. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that was that tour was not anywhere near as as intense no, or what a great thing. Yeah. What, a, what, a, what a great. My thing. dad said. He's tell me, never been, tell me about you seeing your dad after you did it. After you saw you do it, tell he me about said that. he's never been prouder in his life. Oh, yeah. How'd that feel? Uh, I felt bad for all my brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> They're still chopping chickens' heads off, <laughs> subsisting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it, it was amazing. It was a, definitely one of those full circle moments. And That's good. That's great. And, that's like, great. You probably blew him away. He had no idea what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was awesome. Oh, that's great. <laughs> DC. I hated DC, P.S. Really? Yeah, I just had a bad... The traffic, I was driving. So uh, I wanted to kill myself. Every night, I wanted to kill myself for about 45 minutes. Every I, day. We were 20 minutes by down. bike away. And yeah. the, the DC has the bike share program that is killer in, in a bunch of the cities yeah, in the US Yeah, I now. would not ride a bike in DC. Uh, it was like, you may as well... They have bike leave. lanes. You, no, you may as well... Uh, bike lane, that's cool. So a car can't jump into a bike lane and tear your spleen out that way, too. Because <laughs> the line is painted on the road. <laughs> no, I I, I... I choose I not, not to have, live in fear. Okay, I am a, cool. I choose to live with all my organs. Um, okay, so here's, here's a new one we're adding this... We're adding this one here. Well, actually, no, I'm going to save that one. Oh. I'm going to this one. I'm going to save it. Yeah, a little tease. Uh, what is your favorite chain restaurant? Um, that's that's really hard. Uh, Chipotle. Ooh, that's a good one. That's you were the a good first one. You didn't say chilies. Especially I know chilies, right? People I say like chilies. I, I like the uh, the fajitas at chilies, but the Chipotle- fajitas at chilies. Yeah. Do you go ooh and ah when they bring you a sizzling fajita plate to your table? Because I hate you if you do. Mm-mm, that's but not me. You can tell the truth. Uh uh-uh. uh You don't. What do you order at Chipotle? No judgment. Uh, I get a salad, a burrito bowl salad. Um, and then they have the uh, the smoked, um, what's that sauce? Uh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Tabasco, yeah, 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 yeah. Smoked tabaxo, Tabasco, which is you're, like you're all in the it. most you, delicious thing you got it done. ever. And yeah. it's low, it's low fat, and the fact that uh, they use all sustainable mm-hmm. products and they're 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 green, green and responsible. <laughs> no, yeah, they okay. That's probably true. That's yeah, probably it's, true. it's a very responsible organization. But you're still eating a burrito. You have to understand the, the it's irony It's a salad, of that. actually. There's okay. no burrito in it. So you're eating a, a taco salad. Mm-hmm. I always get... Oh, I wish I had a taco salad right now. I know, I would love to have a taco salad. <laughs> I'd kill for a taco salad. I always get uh, the carnitas. That's what I always the fajita, get. The fajita burrito. 
which is delicious, by the way. It has less, it has no rice in it, so it's, ah. it's, you know, it's it's really wet though. You have to be careful with it. Okay, now we're gonna go. Di- we're gonna go deeper. We're gonna go deeper here. Be careful. We're gonna go deep. What book has inspired you? Just inspired me? <laughs> or, or no, no. Let's go deeper. Oh. <laughs> Even deeper. Yeah. Breathe. What book has changed your life? If, uh, a, if a book has affected you, what book was that? Toni Morrison's Beloved. Oh. What's that? Nice. What's oh, that? Isn't should, she, is she an Oprah Winfrey book? Uh, what, tell me about that book. What did it do? Uh, it was... It was the first book I think that I've ever read that was very, um, it was very non-literal. It, it worked in, in colors a lot and it worked in abstract images and it told a story in an emotional way so much so that like when, when I'm writing, I look back at the book and read a few paragraphs to kind of remind myself of the texture of language. Uh, and I think that the Toni Morrison is just, you know, one of the, you know, she's one of Oprah's super loves, Toni Morrison and Maya Angelou. But she tells of an experience that I could never know. Uh, Beloved is, is a, a slave woman in, in uh, early America. And uh, she's running away from masters that she fears so much that at one point she kills her baby when she fears they're coming to her. What? And uh, the, the baby haunts her. And that's kind of the, the gist of the story of Beloved. And uh, it's just told so masterfully and so beautifully that it, it reminds me of, of like how beautiful the world can be. Uh, in words. Wow, that was deep. That, that really was no. Cool. That you went deeper than I ever thought. <laughs> I like Starship Troopers, <laughs> but you know, Casper Van Dien. Yeah, Casper Van. He's what? from Port Charlotte, where I where I lived from twelve to twenty four. Casper Van and Dien sang was in a in choir the with his mother, and she used to talk to me all the time about what Casper was doing. Oh, really? Yeah. How's he doing? He's not doing anything. <laughs> Nothing now. Nothing. Um, okay, let, let's go to what is a talent or skill you have that would surprise people? Well, besides murdering chickens. Oh. What is, what is a, uh, sorry, too soon? What is, no, what is something we've had, we've had, we've had chimpanzees, uh, Sarah Shahanian. Right, right. To chimpanzees. Uh, Justin, Justin Scott Brown could imitate uh, the the Spanish language tapes that he learned that he used in high school. Los <laughs> Paredes, <laughs> <laughs> totally, it was awesome. What is it? What is a skill or talent that you have that might surprise people? Uh, I can hold my breath for five minutes and fifteen seconds. That's not true. Uh, that would that would injure it. your brain. It does injure my brain. Oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> I've only done it three times. Uh, I did it when I was watching a program on Russian divers, and they said that they could hold their breath for up to three minutes after training for twelve months. And so I, uh, I was like, I can hold my breath for three minutes, and. When when you're a kid in, in a family as big as mine and you swim in a pool with your brothers and sisters, it's always a hold your breath contest or a how many laps you can do without taking a breath contest. Uh, so uh, I always did really well. And I, I said I could do three minutes and my best friend was like, BS. And I did it. And uh, I said, I, I, three minutes wasn't even hard. I bet I could do five. And he was like, do it. And so I did it. Didn't believe it. He didn't believe that I was not breathing through my nose. So I actually put saran wrap over my nose and mouth and watched the clock. And I got, I got to 5.15. And then 
since I've told people that. And I've when had they to, revived I've you, had to prove it a couple it times. It was a wonderful... Mind over matter. There's a part but where I your body you, starts to... Well, like, I want you to know that I'm going to have to... I'm no. going to have to... No. No? I'll, 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 we, we can do it now. Let's no! Do it right now. Let's do it right now. I'm going to tell I will give you my best friend's number. He'll tell you the truth. Okay, well, all right. Um, but I've, I've done it for my siblings one time, so that was three times. So you are, you, you are like... You, 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 are, you, you, you can tolerate hypoxia well. Right. That's, just, that's a $5 word. Just, you know, it means hypoxia. <laughs> it means hypoxia. Um, that's Lack cool. of oxygen in the blood. I it Definitely, you go through a moment of your body kind of convulsing a little bit, and you go... <laughs> you, <laughs> you may see dead relatives, but you know what? You've got to There's a white light, Jimmy. but You've don't go be, toward don't the go, light. That's all you have to do. Just don't go to the light, and you'll eventually wake up. That's a no. shit idea. All right, so here we are. Uh, behind the barricade with Andrew Varela. I'm hanging out with Joe Spiel Dinner. He's yeah! There he is. We're in Texas, y'all. Anyway, go to the website, andrewvarela.com. We'll see you there. Hold your breath. <gasps> All, right. All right, there you go. That's that. Now, let's go to another question because holding your breath, basically, you, you know, if you could actually die, like in Flatliners, that'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm sure if it. I'm sure if I had a yeah. CPR, you know, efficient. Okay, here we are. Task. Going back to the questions here. Mm. If you could have dinner with a historical figure or a fictional character, who would you dine with? And would you have a sorbet? No, just forget <laughs> that part. But who would you have dinner with? If you could have dinner with somebody, you know, that fascinates you, like that historical or or even contemporary. Who would you be? I know you've met Bill Clinton. I have. You have met Bill Clinton. I was the steward at Chelsea's wedding. Yeah? I, the steward at Chelsea's wedding. Yeah, I was the only person who was allowed to serve Bill and Hillary and Chelsea and Mark. Did you see a lot of chemistry happen in there? Did you love them? Did, they, did, did you get an idea of who they were? Yeah, absolutely. I also did all the tastings by myself. So it was. I did four tastings with the family. You were with them in the room while they tasted the food that they would have? Did you snap your thong at him? Stop it. What? Leave her alone. <laughs> Okay, so but how was it? What, what was that like? You you saw it was Hillary. And it was Chelsea. interesting. He was he was very charismatic, and I could see their relationship had a beauty that I hadn't known before. Uh, it, even more interesting was uh, I'm as you know a huge Obama fan, and so I was not very pro Hillary in the the primaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I saw her. I had met her once before at the Bloomberg Mansion when I when I was working an event there. And she was very business, but seeing her in the setting of the wedding, she uh, she was such a mother. She was so wonderful oh, was she? to Chelsea, and she was a wonderful wife. And I just my heart softened to her entirely. I, I couldn't believe how how great she was. But then Bill was so charming the whole time. How you doing? I'd really like some French fries. It's pretty good. That's my but he's on a super diet. Like he, uh, yeah, he ate totally like all now. vegan yeah, stuff. No, he's, he's skinny. He's in fact, I got him sweet tea once, thinking like obviously someone from Arkansas was going to have sweet tea when he asked for tea, uh-huh. and he was not allowed to have sugar. But he put his arm around my shoulder and he said, "Are you from Arkansas?" And I was like, "No, sir. <laughs> I'm from Maine." <laughs> You're shame. You must have felt that shame. He actually said, "Too bad for you." Like, oh, he was, did he? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet, sweet man. Yeah. Sweet, but sweet historical girl. figure. Oh, yeah. Let's go. I, I would like to have dinner with Obama. Sorry. I you think would, he is, really? I think he is what epic. Would, really? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. 
Because but, but I mean, uh, honestly, there's 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 only six thousand years of human history. You could you could have dinner with Leonidas. You could have dinner with. Napoleon, you could have dinner we, with... We don't speak the same language. It would be a very <laughs> quiet meal. Okay, assuming you had a translator. <laughs> an Aramaic translator. Still, still Obama? I mean, it's got to be fascinating to, to have dinner with any president, but it would be really hard. Like, I would only have dinner with a president if I could, if I could be like, are you sick of it? Are you? Yeah. I, would, I would just ask him. I'd be like, dude, do you ever just want to get away? Well, I think that, that he particularly would be easy to ask those questions of. Well, because he takes so many vacations. There's plenty of time to have dinner. Oh, right. <laughs> Let's do a compare and yeah, contrast. Yeah, no, it's fine. We're doing good. We're doing good. <laughs> okay, listen. Now we're going to go level 10 deep. Ah. Here we go. 10. What are you scared of? No, I uh, let me preface this by saying that I'm scared of zombies. So it doesn't have to be something that you're really that's can actually happen to you. But if you're if something like what is it that scares you? Being alone. Being like getting to the end of my life and having no one there. Wow. That's my biggest scare. My I I mean I I jumped out of a plane when we were in Seattle. I swam with uh, sea lions when we're when I was in the Galapagos Islands. I'm going to uh, South Africa with Jason uh, in June of next year, and I'm going to do a great white shark. You are cage not. Dive. You are not. I am. Are you really? I'm not scared of worldly things, but uh, being alone when I'm when I'm starting. I tell you what. After you after you stare down a great white shark, I want to see if they're if they're still if they're still on the same page. Being alone in a 14 foot uh, thing that wants to eat your guts. I I ain't scared. I can survive for at least five minutes and 15 seconds in his stomach. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> That's a- <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. That's you know what? That'll be that'll be great. I wonder how you survive when you become shark feces though. Mm. That's that's the that's the What better way to die? That's the unenviable uh road that that takes you down. And that's I won't actually, be alone. There'll be sea lions and seals in there too. Sea lions. All right. Now here we go. We're going to tie it up with this one. Tie it up. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self something, what would it be? Wow. Uh yeah, it's a good one. Calm down, you're good enough. Boom! Calm down, you're good enough. That's good. You know, that's actually a very that's actually sweet. Looking back, because we've had other people say things like that, mm-hmm. and we're all so strung out when we're younger, and the older we get, the calmer we get. You know, and and that's that's your experience too. Well, to tie this back into Les Mis, though, I always saw this as so above my head, and then I get into this process, and I see not only did I like love doing it and it was like the fruition of everything that I had tried to do before this but it was appreciated like I got assigned a mm-hmm. bunch of covers mm-hmm. and and people really responded to what I was doing and I was like you're of this ilk you belong here in this company like you you're a can kid, do this you're a chicken killing kid from Maine who's who's in a national tour <laughs> playing you know playing all these huge parts and these huge roles that's actually that's actually a big deal, you know. Uh, growing up in New Jersey, I was right there in New York. It was right next to me, and I, it was so easy, you know, for me to go and see Broadway. But for you, I mean, it must have felt like a million miles away Pluto. for most of your life. Pluto, yeah, absolutely, for sure. And here you are. And we were poor, and you know, I just never knew how it would happen, and but eventually it did. You're doing a great job. Thank you. You, know, you are gonna, too. You're going to be. In, uh, <laughs> you know, this is we're all we're all we're all fortunate to be working. We're all fortunate to be working on this show. Absolutely. So it's it's very cool. 
And uh, that's Behind the Barricade. Yee! All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Joe, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Michael and Joel, for shutting up! (laughs) And uh, thank you, Susan, for everything. Anyway, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.